glad you could make it. Welcome to Fantasy Dad Pods, where dad bods are glorified and dad jokes are encouraged. I am JT, flying solo tonight, so saddle up, partner, and let's get to it. Latest injury updates, or as a dad would say, shake it off, pain is temporary. We got Schwarber, hamstring injury, IL, but avoiding surgery so far is the word. Sale, throwing some bullpen sessions. Please, Zach, nearing a return. Benintendi is back. Soroka, re-tearing the Achilles out for definitely the rest of 2021. Sixto, also out. Shoulder surgery. Gallon, pulled a hammy, so he's going on the IL. Eloy Jimenez is nearing a rehab stint and anthony rendon is back on the il third time third different injury this time a hamstring and most recently joe ross elbow inflammation hitting the il all right so on this podcast we like to go after some monster dongs we like to glorify those and highlight some dad strength so we're going to start with some top distances over the last week. And none other than Austin Slater, top in the charts, two monster dongs, 467 and 463 off of uh, Caleb Smith and Ryan Buchter. And man, that's some power there. Trevor Story, who is in the home run derby, he's showing off. Two dongs there, 448 and 461 within last week. Nelson Cruz, dad bod player. Brennan Rogers, Trey Mancini, also Trey Mancini in the Home Run Derby. Brian Reynolds, Brandon Crawford, Robinson Chirinos, Paven Smith, and Jonathan Scope. And actually, Brian Reynolds had two monster dongs, 436 and 454 distances. So that was some some good dad strength home runs. Let's also take a look at some exit velos for the batters as well. Within the last week, we are looking at Trevor Larnick, two hits averaging 112.4 whoo that's pretty good um let's see 116 was the high stanton always there 115.8 uh let's see oh hey Shohei otani i have this filtered from june 28th to current he has had seven hits with, with an average exit velocity of 111.7. Let's just go through these and call it good. 114 and a half, 112 and a half, 111.1, 112.4, off of Michael King, 416 feet. And it says... Okay, home run number 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, and 32, all here listed. Wow, that is your participant as a pitcher and hitter in the All-Star Game and also a participant, participant in the Home Run Derby in Colorado at altitude. Tune in Monday night. Oh my, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that is quite the dad strength over this last week. So speaking of the Home Run Derby, uh, I talked to Sean, wanted to get his pick because by the time we record next time, the Derby will be ongoing or have just wrapped up. So I called him real quick and I got his selection, but I'll go through the participants. They just solidified. There are eight of them. We got Trey Mancini. Salvador Perez, Trevor Story, Pete Alonso, Matt Olson, Joey Gallo, Juan Soto, and Shohei Otani. And Sean is picking Matt Olson as his guest shoot from the hip, he said, as the winner for the Home Run Derby. So that leaves me with 
a tough decision because I just hyped up Otani, but I feel like Gallo could pull it out. Um, I feel like Otani might want to pace himself. I'm not sure. I'm going to go with Gallo. Man, that leaves us both not either of us picking Otani. Interesting. So, yeah, let's just both be wrong. But I'm going to go with Gallo, and we'll see how it goes. But um, either way, pretty impressive performance by Otani. I'm going to get into our next segment here. It's a proud dad moment. Highlights over the last seven days or so of baseball. And um, I already bragged about Otani enough. So let's get into some more offensive prowess. Um, Garrett Cooper leading the way. Let's see. Over the last seven days. So just for the month of July is what I'm looking at. Um, with leading the way with a, the best WOBA, I should clarify, with a 627 WOBA. Ben Gamble, Manny Machado, Joey Gallo, and Reese Hoskins right behind him so far. Um, home run leaders so far for the month of July. Uh, ben Gamble, Joey Gallo, and Shoei Otani, each having four. Also for the month of July, we're going to look at some runs leaders. Manny Machado with 11 runs, and then Gamble, Otani, Dom Smith, Marcus Simeon with eight. So having a great July there. Round in the bases and then most RBIs for the month of July so far. Eric Haas, Manny Machado, Reese Hoskins, Rafael Dever. Haas has 10. Uh, the rest of these have nine. Machado, Hoskins, Devers, Altuve, Muncie, and Jose Abreu. And I'll just highlight stolen bases as well for the month of July. Starling Marte, four stolen bases with Tatis Jr. and Alec Badu with three so far in the month of July. Well done, gentlemen. I'm going to switch over to pitching here. I'm going to see who's leading the way for July. Most would only just have one start under their belt. Ooh, and this has updated for tonight's games. I don't think all of them have completed, but in terms of games started, those with quite a few with two starts. All right, we got, we got some info to work with. So all these pitchers have had their two starts. But I'm going to look at filtering here. Zach Wheeler and Carlos Rodon doing some work. That's pretty impressive there. Let me get a standard stat line for you. I just, I'm looking at the it filters by war at first here on fan graphs. But let's go by strikeouts, right? That's what everyone's chasing, Roto or otherwise. And that's what we're doing. DeGrom, 24 strikeouts over his last 14 innings. And do I have this set right? Yeah, last seven days. Same as before. All right, I'm just second-guessing myself. Um, wow, DeGrom has given up three home runs, but only five earned out of that. So uh, when you have zero walks, you know, and only uh, nine hits, not a whole lot of possibilities for extra RBI. Carlos Rodon, let's see, 17 strikeouts over 11, two walks, 13 hits. So whip a little higher than you would expect there, but Lance Lynn, Sonny Gray, Zach Wheeler, and Nathan Eovaldi with 15 strikeouts there, each having around 12 to 13 innings. Showing out my boy, Kyle Gibson, 14 strikeouts over 12, but giving up six earned. Ouch. Not the greatest, but still, I mean, that's a 450 ERA. Could be worse, but man, um, I'm, still, I'm still impressed by Kyle Gibson on the season. 
Burns here, 13, Valdez, 12 over the last week, Cueto, Manea uh, with 12. No one like going crazy. Alec Mills, there's a name don't really see too often high on the strikeouts here, but 11 and third, 14 strikeouts, two walks, five earned on with seven hits as well. Solid. No, you take that as probably like a 12 team back of the end starter, spot starter type. Um, but, anyways, we're going to move on. Also, we're just going to look at some rolling X Woba. Last week or so, we're just go by 50 plate appearances. Who's been doing well over the last 50 plate appearances? Aaron Judge has woken. Um, Austin Meadows up there also in the top five. Jace Peterson, that was a that was a hot pickup of recently, definitely at least in the 15 teamers that I've seen. Um, Pete Alonzo's up here. Robbie Grossman had a bit of a sputtering, but now coming on a little bit stronger. And Let's go to who's been struggling for the batters. Uh, ooh, lots of A's. Pinder, Olsen, Loriano. Um, and then some St. Louis. Cardinals with Carlson and Bader here. All five of those in the bottom six. The bottom being Eli White. Uh, I think a lot of averages happening there with Eli White. But otherwise, those are some names that are on a lot of teams. Also here, Conforto Slater we talked about. He's either going yard or not at all. Interesting. Flipping over to pitchers. Um, again, 50 plate appearances. Ex-Woba. Who's been doing well for pitchers? So they're de decreasing their ex-Woba over the last 50 plate appearances. Chad Green, who picked up a save the other day. Paul Seawald for the Mariners doing work. Dominic Leone, Jesse Chavez, Kyle Freeland. I, I could see Kyle Freeland being owned in 12 teamers. Um, trying to think, looking at some relevant names. A lot of relief pitchers here. Krenchak, Hand, Kimbrell. Who has been getting lit up, though? Kyle Wright. Poteet, Logan Allen, Raldus Chapman. So, yeah, we're not. I, I was speculating maybe Chapman goes on the IL with like a you know bad neck or something like that. Um, but we'll see. But at least the the green pickup I was in my fifteen team that was nice to get that save right off the bat. Um, Keegan Aiken also down here. Josh just Sheffield. I he's scheduled to start right before right on Sunday before the last day before the all-star break, but I'd rather not unless the angels just roll out, you know, a really low key lineup, but Mariners need to find a replacement. Ultimately looking for some other starters down here. Patrick Corbin, uh -oh. Sandy Alcantara um, having a great season, but got lit up recently. All right, let's move on. Next segment, let's find a valuable stat, maybe revisit for some of you who are familiar. I know it's here somewhere, but ultimately we're going to go to multi-hit games. Why, you ask? Because I said so. Um, ultimately, looking at stat, hostedstats.com, got a lot of cool like stats that you don't find in your generic everyday google search and i was going to highlight a couple of those um ultimately not sure how it would translate but like there's a consistency factor here in terms of multi-hit games so we're looking at bachette guerrero jr tied for first with 30 multi-hit games so far halfway into the year jose altuve Bogarts and Simeon with 28, Devers and Scoot 
for uh, 27, Tim Anderson with 26, along with Judge Maryfield, Salvador Perez, and Alex Verdugo. And also with 25, ooh, quite a few, Mullins, J.D. Martinez, LeMayhew, Guriel, the older one <laughs> there in Houston, David Fletcher, and Michael Brantley. Um, so all those doing really well, multi-hit games. And those are AL, I should specify. That's the one weird thing with this website. It splits everything into AL, NL. So allow me to flip over here. And um, well, for the NL, let's just go the players with 25 or more. Well, Castellanos and Adam Frazier. Wow, Adam Frazier. Okay, both of you have had 33 multi-hit games so far. Trey Turner with 32, and then we get Brian Reynolds with 27, Justin Turner with 26, and Jake Cronenworth with 25. And that's it for the NL. But if we keep going down, we get Okunyu Jr., Edmund, and Winker with 24. And then with 23, we got Tapia, Freeman, Escobar, and Arenado. So consistent big nights, hitting the ball and not just straight up like OBP, which seems to probably be um common but they're doing it with their bat and that that bodes well for counting stats moving on i found this one this is a little funky so earlier in a previous episode we talked about stolen base opportunities for runners on base how often they've gotten to first base whether it was a single a walk a hit by pitch that's a stat that this site keeps track of hostedstats.com hosted.stats.com, excuse me. So for the AL, um, I also found the, the opposite kind of stat where this is pitchers who allow runners, or they have a runner at first, either through a single, a walk, or hit by pitch, but they are limiting the stolen base attempts, not stolen bases, but even just the attempts. So keeping that runner at first and obviously i mean we're halfway through the year and so this should flesh out but you know there's there's a lot of clubs not stealing as much this year but um just something you know take it with a grain of salt but you say kikuchi 82 runners at first has only allowed one stolen base attempt so he's left-hander so that that probably bodes well for this and now that I say that out loud, we got Ryu and Keikel with 70, Ryu with 79 and one, only one attempt against, and Keikel with 99 runners at first and only two have attempted a stolen base on him. So running back through, and this is by percentage. So all these have like 80 plus runners on. So there is like a qualifier in here. But uh, Casey Mai is not allowing very many Cole Irvin, Fulton Nevich, Manea, Minor, Kyle Gibson, my boy, and Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, so all of them have allowed four or less stolen base attempts in the AL. So just something interesting um, that I found. Take with it what you will, but I could see it as like a DFS angle if you wanted to like deep dive and look it up. So it's out here. It's available. It's only going to list the top like 20 players, but um, just something, something is inter interesting. So going over to the NL, same. Zach Eflin, 78 runners on first has allowed zero attempts of a stolen base uh, of stealing second base should clarify wade miley only one of 78 and then i'm gonna just keep going down only allowing two is senzatella and musgrove uh and gossman and only allowing three pablo lopez tyler molly ian anderson zach wheeler adam wainwright so the big names to me there are Wheeler and Gossman. Um, ultimately, just they're having amazing seasons, and it helps when you keep 
the runner at first. Don't allow them to get into a scoring position a second or further. And the way that they've been pitching, striking out, not allowing runners on in general. I mean, Wheeler's allowed 99, I guess, and Gossman. <laughs> Whoa, here we go. Gossman has only allowed 65 runners to first. Whereas we're looking at like Sanzatella, 102. So that's pretty impressive. Like even just runners allowed on. I mean, obviously whip kind of takes care of that for the most part, but that's impressive. All right. And so I'm going to do one more and then we're kind of segues into the next segment. So looking at Secondary average, something we've kind of mentioned, but just wanted to look at um, who's doing it well. So secondary average is walks plus total bases minus hits plus stolen bases minus caught stealing divided by at-bats. So walks, total bases minus hits plus the net stolen bases divided by at bat. So kind of a lean towards fantasy. I think that's what it was originally for. Um, really hasn't been used, not very popular, but I, I drew inspiration from it when I was creating Wobsa somewhat. And um, so just kind of keeping an eye on it. So ultimately looking at the AL, Shohei Otani with a 576 secondary average in Gallo. 544 Guerrero Jr. 508 and then it drops precipitously. Matt Olson with a 419 and then we get below 400 all of a sudden. Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Robbie Grossman, Carlos Correa, uh, Meadows, Simeon, and those are the ones above a 375 secondary average. Again, walks total bases minus you know the hits. And um, net stolen bases, all divided by bats to get a to get almost like a probably a range of outcomes more closer to a high woba. Um, so having Otani Gallo and Vlad Jr. above five hundred in this is very impressive. So let's flip over to the N on that might actually kind of. Be a good example. Oh, there's five players, or excuse me, three players over here over by 500 secondary average. We got Tatis Jr., Max Muncy, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, Tatis with the 590, Muncy 531, Acuna Jr. with the 510. And then we got four players above 400. So 434, Kyle Schwarber. Harper with a 429, McCutcheon, very surprising, having a solid year, and Brandon Crawford, both Renaissance years, 415, 412, respectively, in secondary average. And then rounding out a couple more above, like a 375, which is really doing well. There's only two more players here in the NL, Machado and Soto. So, um, again, just kind of a stat with a fantasy somewhat lean in terms of just putting themselves in opportunities to score for your team or just in general, you know, stolen bases is definitely a road point there, but getting walks and extra base hits really is kind of the focus, uh, whether it be home runs or doubles, whatnot, but just in terms of measuring total bases. So we're going to switch over. I'm going to pull up my Excel spreadsheet that I, well, I've really been working hard on the WPDI, the Weighted Player Discipline Index metric. And that's what I'm most proud of. But we just talked about that secondary average. And um, that transitions well to WOBSA. So that's what I'll just kind of highlight first. So the numbers I got here is for the first three months of the year, April, May, and June. And what I did was kind of reweighting it. And I still I haven't spent a whole lot of time in terms of like trying to fine tune the stolen base caught stealing part. Everything else kind of is readily available, fan graphs, 
uh, whatnot, but the value of a stolen base is still somewhat hard to pinpoint, at least for me trying to get that information. And now that I'm seeing the sheet, I need to resort filter. There we go. All right. So right now, what I'm calculating is a WOBA type of metric that includes an S in there. So WOBSA that includes stolen bases and strikeouts. So it's weighted very similar to WOBA in terms of the weight of a home run, triple, double, single, walk. But I'm also factoring in strikeouts and I'm also factoring stolen bases and caught stealing. So I've got, and I think I only put like a hundred plate appearances for this, which probably is a little bit low. So, because I'm getting Buxton and Fraley and Trout and Cattell Marte up here in the top 15, all, I think we all know what they do, but they've been either injured or Fraley's coming on late. Fraley would be a name that'd be interesting. If he's out there in your 12 teamer, I'd pick him up. He's, he was, he started off when he first got called up. He's walking a ton, and now he's, let's see, 126 plate appearances, seven home runs, uh, 29 walks to 30 strikeouts, seven stolen bases to only one caught stealing. Um, so ultimately, two doubles, 16 singles. Uh, but he's getting playing time and that's kind of what counts. And usually I thought I always thought of him as more of a defensive lean. So if he's hitting the ball, well, he's going to be playing there in Seattle um, with that offense and probably hitting, you know, middle of the order sixth or so, I would guess on any given night, but let me refilter this for us. And we'll say, Plate appearances greater than, let's say, 200 so far into the year. So that gives us a new leader, and the only one with a WOBSA over 500 is Tatis Jr. Then we're going to go to next in line, Guerrero Jr., Otani, Starling, Marte, Acuna Jr., Trey Turner, Cedric Mullins, Whitmerfield, and Al... Akil, I might have mispronounced his name, Akil Badu, all over 400 there, the last few names, and Muncie, also for over 400, Wopsa. So again, very fantasy heavy lean. We're looking at a Woba plus factoring in strikeouts and stolen bases. So just opportunities to hit home runs, steal bases, and also just put yourself in position, a good play discipline, extra base hits, scores, runs, and ribbies ultimately, right? So all those names you probably know, I'm going to start kind of just cherry picking some that are either surprises or you could maybe find on the waiver wire, maybe try to help out here. Usually I always have like a 12 team mindset, but I'll just try to see. I mean, Posey stands out just, you know, another Renaissance year from, um, a player that wasn't really heavily drafted originally. Brian Reynolds, 381 Wobsa. We're going to keep going down here. Brandon Crawford, we already talked about Renaissance, but a 376 Wobsa. And um, let's see. A lot of these kind of compared to, the, to their Woba. I have a, a Delta here that I just keep track of. And right now we're just kind of, we're in the, they're making up the same difference. Their strikeouts are canceling out like their stolen bases. So that's something I need to fine tune because yeah, strikeouts, you're not, you're not going to get on base, but a stolen base, I, I do have it pretty heavily weighted, but I would see, I'd, I'd like to see a greater Delta, you know, difference between Wobsa and Woba here. But all these names are like the names that you would expect. You know that they're doing well. Um, Tapia is up here in the top. What, like, because I got it filtered 30 or so with, if you're just looking at above 200 plate appearances. But if you're getting that many plate appearances, I would imagine you're, you're owned, you're on a team. Um, 
So let's go, let's scroll down just to the bottom and, and kind of just, what are we doing? Frustrating. Um, have you cut them? Have you, what are you doing? Are you benching them? So let's look at Hunter Dozier down here at 204 Wobsa. He's not helping you. He's striking out too much because we're looking at 250 Woba. So that's what's really factoring in. Um, Jorge Soler, Eugenio Suarez, Dalbeck, uh, let's see, Solak, Ian Hap, Santander, uh, Sano, all these below a 250 Wobsa. And their WOBA is actually higher. So we're, now we're getting to a, a greater negative delta or difference between WOBSA and WOBA. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's tough. You're if you're looking at 15 team and like I got Santander and it's I think I'm I ride him between utility and bench. Just depending on like health and matchups and what the schedule looks like, but. It'd be tough to hang on to some of those names in 12 teamers. Um, so let's switch over. I'm going to back out, refresh, get back into it. So I'm going to look at the weighted player discipline index. And looking at my time, I'm going to try to dive a little bit deeper. We've brushed over it a few times, and I'm I'm in the cockpit, right? I'm flying solo. So let's let's talk. I want to explain this because I think I need to write an article. I think, I mean, my bold statement, I think I told Sean, I don't know if we recorded it or not because we, we just talk a lot, but I want to see WPDI, which was originally created by Ariel Cohen, shout out, at ATCNY on Twitter. And I want to see it next to CSW. I want to see it as a standard that we can not only like compare batters, but pitchers as well, because it all boils down to the same numbers. And so CSW has a similar denominator. I mean, if you, if you really think about it, but um, so CSW, Alex Fast, Nick Pollock. Um, so called strikes plus whiffs percentage standard 30% over there. If you haven't seen it and you're doing fantasy baseball, I don't know what to tell you. You need to go find it. You need to, I mean, you, if you've been watching baseball, it's all over there. Props to them is article of the year when Alex dropped it. I think 2019 now is when he dropped it, but I think I need to, I need to just push Ariel to co-write it with me or something. Cause this is, this is some really fun, interesting stuff. The hitters we're looking at a range from like an 86 to a 94% correlation and an adjusted R squared of somewhere. I thought it was around like an 82. And this is a correlation. What I'm speaking to of this PDI, this plate discipline metric relating to walks and strikeout percentages and the, the Delta, the difference, the K to walk, uh, K minus walk percentages, excuse me. So then that's for hitting and pitching. It's a little bit less of a correlation, but we're still talking in like the seventies and with an R squared, I think in the high, like a 68. Um, it's a really exciting and something that at least CSW is only really kind of specific to pitchers but at least a WPDI, I'd I just like that it, it's, it applies to both. Like we just talked about Wobsa, right? Not to rewind too far, but that's just really specific to hitters. And this metric is just, it's so easy, so straightforward. I've, I've tagged the links before. I'll, maybe I'll do it again when I tweet this out. But the what, what we're looking at for weighted play discipline index WPDI for, for both hitters and pitchers. We're looking at the zone percent. We're looking at the zone swing. We're looking at the outside the zone swing percent. We're looking at the zone contact percent and outside the zone contact. So if you just take those five things and then you also take the um, 
the differences. So you have the zone percent and then you have, you know, if it was, if it wasn't in the zone, then yeah, it was out, outside the zone. So the one minus that it's all broken down the article. Obviously it's explained a whole lot better there, but the formula you came up with, I really wanted to fine tune it. I got super excited about it, nerded out, excelled my mind out of this, got my wife to help me. And it's been kind of a slow evolution whenever I just kind of picked it up and messed with it like a home DIY project that, you know, the spouse doesn't expect you to finish. This is my own little hobby on the computer that I like to do. So it, what it boils down to is the, you know, thinking of if you're the pitcher, you threw it in the zone or you threw it out of the zone. It was swung on or it wasn't swung on. But if it was swung on, was there contact made or no contact? So right there, you're looking at six different outcomes. All you can just take those five categories. Well, now 10 because we have their in, inverse, their opposite. And we can calculate, well, well, I can too. I'll say we because Ariel started, but anyone can do it, you know, DIY. And um, you can calculate the six outcomes. Well, that's great, but how do you weight those? What's more valuable? So I got curious. I downloaded a bunch of CSV files off fan graphs. We're talking in the 40s now, I think. My wife was trying to do our finances for the month. Oh my gosh, what? How many things did you download off of? What is this? Fan graphs? What is that? I was like, remember I got that shirt, you know, the little graph and the baseball player? <laughs> anyway. Um, so ultimately pretty interesting. So I got it. I, I pulled data over, well, actually since they started tracking these plate discipline percentages since 2002, but more specifically looked over from the period of 2014 to 2019 and just worked backwards on terms of, I knew what the K percent was. I knew what the walk percent was for qualified pitchers in that time frame. I have the K minus walk percent. And when you're looking at a year to year, you're when you're trying to determine who's having a breakout or who's really like their stats are being backed up by their, you know, um, K or walk percentages, or at least um, for both, definitely for pitchers. It is, um, these outcomes is, is what you can, could use. And so just like, yeah, you can use K percent and walk percent, but this breaks it down a little bit more in zone, out zone, you know, all those things. So what's interesting is I worked backwards because we had those results, right, for the six years. And I made the weights, you know, optimize the outcomes that are valuable outside of the zone, swung on, no contact. Both hitters and pitchers have had the greatest correlation to success or failure, you know, depending on what the hitter or the pitcher, but in terms of the context of a, a strikeout or a walk, um, because we're still just talking about plate discipline, right? So after this long-winded winded thing, thank you for following along. Hope you're still listening. Grab a drink because we're going to dive into just the top performers here. I've got hitters pulled up, but I've got this all weighted out. And what we're looking at is Willens Ostudio as the top dog for uh, so far th for 2021 in the first three months, April, May, and June, with a 555 WPDI. And uh, for hitters, it's it works just the same, like you would think. So hitters higher is better. The pitchers the lower number is going to be better. So these are players that control the zone. They swing at good pitches. And if they're swinging, they're making contact, right? So they're doing their due diligence, what it takes to the building blocks for success at the plate in terms of hitters. Ostadio on top. I'm going to rattle off a bunch of names. All of these are, are above 500. Um, in the five above 550 still is also Matt Duffy, kind of an eyebrow raise. Interesting what he's excelling outside the zone he's doing well when the ball's outside he is laying off of it doing well there Guriel um 
also up here, Yuli Guriel, Tyler Stevenson, eye opener. I might, if you needed a first baseman, I think he's eligible at first base for mostly, at least definitely for Yahoo. But catcher, yeah, actually might be more valuable for as a catcher. He should be a catcher everywhere. He's doing great things in terms of contact, but it's being backed up in my eyes, in my opinion. The numbers are, are saying it too, in terms of WPDI at a fourth or a 5.45 WPDI, fourth best uh, so far, halfway into the season. Wilmer Flores up here, Panic, Frazier, Straw, Jose Ramirez, Brantley, Merrifield. Merrifield is controlling the plate. He's, you know, if he's it's got a strong correlation to walks and strikeouts, he's walking really well, not striking out a ton. That means he's getting on base. And what we've talked about earlier is stolen base opportunities. He's doing that best out of anyone. That's why he's excelling stolen bases. That's why he's winning you your roto stolen bases. Um, and it's all backed up. It's legit what Merrifield's doing in terms of getting on base, runs, or stolen bases, and then hopefully eventually runs getting hit in as long as Solaire's not hitting directly behind him. Brendan Rogers is up here. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has... I've seen some tweets where people are almost somewhat writing him off. What he's doing at the plate is setting him up for success. Yes, his numbers are down in terms of you're not getting the first round pick value out of him, but he's what he's doing, it's it's probably more in the other context of you'd have to look at his his contact barrels, things like that. But in terms of what we are focused on right now, plate discipline, he is excelling, doing it very well. LeMayhew, Senzel, Willie Calhoun, Kevin Newman, kind of interesting. Um, Yandy Diaz, we always know he's a walker, but he is not a, a big hitter, but he's, you know, getting on base, not, not killing himself in the strikeout department. Bregman, Luis Arias, Juan Soto, Kyle Tucker, Kemp, Winker, Turner. All these names are in the top 30, above a 500 WPDI for hitters. And all of these names are, are doing so well. They're setting themselves up for success. Um, and and it's, it just shows. It's, it's very interesting. Muncie, Verdugo, um, Arenado. Arenado, the same kind of boat as... Uh, Mookie Betts lost my train of thought there for a second, but ultimately, I I would believe more in in that he he is underachieving in terms of probably like ex woba things like that. That you know, there's let's see, Batflip crazy on Twitter. Toby talked about the stool analogy, and that's what I'm kind of pic- trying to picture in my mind, and maybe I should just try to explain that a little bit more. There's, there's like at least three stools, three legs on a stool, four legs on a stool, maybe for pitchers, but for hitters, three, we're looking at play discipline as one leg. We're looking at probably like a contact, quality of contact, um, and then also looking at like a third leg being like barrels or solid hit percentage um, that that good you know drop uh, sweet spot definitely sweet spot would be your um, factor in there because we we talked about it before sweet spot will flesh out a better outcome of woba than it is just straight up hitting the ball hard I mean, if you're hitting the ball hard at the right angle, yeah, but if you're, you know, rather you hit that sweet spot, that 8 to 32% angle, launch angle, and if it's even if it's 9 miles an hour, you know, drop in for a single, get over the infielder's head, unless you're hitting it, trying to hit it over Tatis, and he just does a triple-double jump for the Olympics, Mario style, like a little bling, you know, so I don't know. Anyways. Let's scroll down. Let's see who is not doing well, who's not setting themselves up for success in terms of hitters. And that at this point, I mean, obviously you should be dropping him. Don't worry about it. Leave him there. 
or you know that little picture with the stick figure and hidden with a stick like poking it do something right so let's look no surprises worst wpdi kisten hira also down here and he's below 300 so it and uh, we're going to look at like under th a 350 WPDI, if you're under that, you're here in the bottom 20, 25 players here. So Frenchie Cordero, Jacoby Jones, Javi Baez, your all-star, is the fourth worst qualified hitter for WPDI. Oh, my gosh. He's everything outside the zone. And even if it's in the zone, it's red here. So he's not doing well. Tramel, Robert, well, he hasn't played much. Voight, Sal Perez, your home run derby, and <laughs> all-star catcher for the AL. Interesting. He's not, he is, he is horrible in terms of outside the zone if we just break it down in those two regards. So whoever's pitching to him in the derby, make sure it's in the zone. Even so, he's not doing well there, but at least it won't be a 70-mile-an-hour soft toss. Dalbix down here, Alfaro, Zanino, Goodrum, Knapp. There's a lot of catchers. Um, trying to, uh, ooh, here's a name. Let's see if anyone else, and then I, maybe we'll just hammer on this guy and then move to pitchers. But okay, there's some good. There's some good names down here. I mean, we're we're talking about okay. So context: 362 qualified hitters. And down here in the bottom 30, Sano, Avisel Garcia, Trevor Larnick, um, not doing so well. Doing okay with outside the zone, but what's in the zone? He is not making the contact. Yeah. All right. So um, Tyler O'Neill, because I've been thinking about dropping him. He's not. He had that like hot streak, but he's dealing with a little bit of um, injury issues. So something to think about. But the name that gave me a pause, Adolis Garcia. We've talked about him before here on the Fancy Pod, Dad Pods. Um, he's he's down here in the bottom. Let's see. Let's see. Forty-seven. So bottom 20, 15. Ouch. Let's let's look at it. So he's not doing well either in or outside the zone. What's his redeeming quality? In the zone, no swing. Well, that's not really a redeeming quality. What else? What else can we... Um, inside the zone, swing contact. So at least he's swinging with contact in the zone, but he is not doing well when it's outside the zone. Uh, a little bit too aggressive and ultimately something to keep an eye on um, when he is making contact it is really really good but he's not setting himself up for consistency I think that might be the key here that word maybe I should say that word JT come on consistency right all right anyways let's switch over to pitchers um, so WPDI low is good for pitchers high is bad um same same uh thought process and just how the pitchers succeed and we're trying to think of this in terms of plate discipline and, and strikeout percentage and walk percentage so uh lots of lots of names no surprises maybe just a few but jacob de leading the way halfway through the year april through june a 341 WPDI. Other names below a 400 now. Iglesias, Classe, Kittredge, Hader, Hendricks, Taylor Rogers, Matt Barnes, all are the next names. So relief pitchers, right? But here's where it gets interesting. Cesar Valdez. That's a name that, I mean, he's imploded. I don't think he's getting any saves anymore in Baltimore like there wasn't much to begin with. But he was he was scooting along. I think he was his K to walk was 
pretty even there at least through may or so last time i checked i don't own them anywhere but um in that he's he's doing well what's he succeeding at he's he's getting people to whiff outside the zone outside the zone no swing well he's excelling so that means they are swinging well done uh, let's keep going. Let's try to find some uh, starting pitchers. And of course, as I say that, the next name's Bieber. He qualifies, but he's not healthy right now. Julio Urias. Again, another name injured. Glass now. Obviously, we all know he was having a great year. Um, but another other closers down here. So, you, you know, like you can believe in them. And uh, Kimbrell. Barlow, McClanahan. Oh, McClanahan's been starting. He's right here. So actually, he's above Bieber. So he's been the second best starting pitcher um, in terms of WPDI. Well done, McClanahan. Lots of uh, relief pitchers. I'll just point out if they're more of a saves type, because that would be the only factor. And or maybe like if I know that they're next in line for a saves type situation. I really want to focus on, I think I have it filtered, but behind my camera corbin burns kershaw and other i mean McHugh. if you could like just keep him as a, a in a pitcher spot he's been the leadoff kind of starter but he, I, I think his k to walk is like infinity right now i don't think he's walked in one in the last month it's amazing castillo's up here gallegos Presley, here's Kevin Gossman at 419 WPDI and the overall just top 30 uh, for pitchers, definitely uh, top five or so. So let's let's scroll down. Let's let's look at uh, who's not doing well, who you can just write off. And we're talking about 411 qualified pitchers, and we're all the way down here just almost to 600 WPDI Sal Romano for Cincinnati. Um, let's look at some relevant names. Ryan Weathers, that's been a name he's been starting recently. Probably could go back to the bullpen. He is not doing well. He's he looks like San Diego might need uh, some help in the bullpen. Miguel Diaz down here too, but not a name that's really fantasy relevant. Um, Kyle Freeland, um, we just talked about him in terms of rolling ex-WOBA. So being in Colorado, weather's warming up. Tough to trust or rely on him. Interesting, Lou Trevino had a month where he, or two where he didn't allow any earned runs, but he's not setting himself up for success. So that's an interesting name to look at. I know I have him as a closer in one of my 12-team leagues. Um, so keep a pulse on that. He's down here. That's for the half year. That's that's not a good pace to have. Um, also down here, Adrian Hauser. Uh, let's see. Looking for starters. There's just a lot of relief pitchers. Justice Sheffield. There we go. No real surprise, unfortunately, not setting himself up for success, not being consistent in terms of plate discipline, pitching. Tristan McKenzie, bottom 50. Um, so try to give you one more name as like a starter or probably could be out on. Uh, hey, there we go, Blake Snell. Um, I think I'm, I'm about done. With him, I need. Uh, I don't think I have a keeper implication on him in the league. I own him, and I think he just needs. I think he just needs to ride the pine for a while. I just hate to drop him. Obviously, I'm still hanging on to what he's capable of, but new scenery and all those hopes. But you got to deal with reality, JT. Got to face it. All right, that was a lot of WPDI. Um, Tweet out at us at Fantasy Dad Pods on Twitter. Let me know. I want to. I want to know because I. I think I need to flush this out, make it an article, win an award, get it on Fangraphs. Right. That's my on my dream board.
for fantasy. That's probably the only thing I really want to do. Um, fantasy is fun, but like this is just, this is cool. This is something else. This is what I want to share with everyone and say, hey, look at this. Like this is, this is real. It has data to back it up. And, and um, yeah, I just, I just want it to be something that's another tool in the, in the tool kit. All right. Whew. Take a drink. Let's uh, shake it off. Thanks for staying with me. Uh, let's let's go to compare contrast. Let's daydream about some players. Uh, ultimately, let's pick one. Okay, I've got two hitters. I got two pitchers. For the rest of the season, we've got to pick one of them. All right. Let's play a game. Adam Duvall versus Jake Fraley. Ultimately, uh, Jake Fraley has about half as many plate appearances as Duvall, so it's, that's tough to flesh out, but I will do my darndest. Um, with that being said, uh, in terms of offense, Fraley has been doing exceedingly well. But again, like I said, short sample. But when you're walking 22.4% and you're striking out 25.4% and your ex-WOBA is a solid 361, like you're setting yourself up for success, Jake Fraley. Seven home runs, seven stolen bases, only 134 plate appearances. Duvall down there in Miami, He's playing almost every game. He's got 76 games under his belt, 283 plate appearances. Got 19 home runs already. Well done in the power department. He's got 60 RBI already. Wow, that's very impressive. And so five stolen bases, only walking 6% of the time, striking out 30.7, but uh, only with an XWOBA of 310. So who would I want the rest of the year? Well, let's let's not make a hasty judgment. Let's pull up Savant. Let's check this out. Hey, Savant, what can you tell me that I don't already know yet? Duvall has a BABIP of 258 and Fraley of 290. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, you know what, Savant? Let me just look at for the last month or so can we redo our search please thank you fraley 28 percent strikeout 18 walk <clears throat> woba 376 x woba 335 i mean all, all those look solid but now we are on the same playing field in terms of plate appearances and all that with fraley fraley not walking as much striking out a touch more but we're on the same thing so ultimately who am i going to Take the rest of the season. I think I'm going to stick with Adam Duvall um, or lean that way. Not like I had him before this, this type of matchup, <clears throat> but opportunity, obviously hitting in a really great part of the lineup, doing well. Marte there, Starling Marte. I just don't, I just think Fraley's been doing well but i've seen duvall have this type of like solid performance before and so i think i'm just gonna lean in in the known commodity and i just don't as a, as a mariners fan i just don't know if i fully could believe in fraley maybe he keeps doing this through the all-star maybe you could trade him or just ride it out either way both both of those would be nice to have as a you know your third outfielder in a 12 team such whatnot so let's flip it over, pick one. Rest of the season, Wade Miley and Chris Flexen. Can you tell I'm a Mariners fan? I was trying to find similar names and things like that. So Wade Miley versus Chris Flexen. Fangraphs, what do you got for me? Well, we're going to do this based on the last 30 days. Flexen and Miley. So ultimately, Flexen, 20% K percent walk percent of five versus Miley's 17.4 K percent and a 5.1 walk. So the difference a little bit in Flexen's favor. All right. Left on base is nothing crazy extreme. So it should be all's fair. And 
with a whip, Chris Flexen of a 0.98 and Miley of a 1.19. Neither really given up a home run very often. Both Sierras are a little bit higher. Okay, so I think it really kind of comes down to what's under the hood, right? Maybe like you think in division or how, what kind of contact they're giving up. What's the quality? Let's move on to that. Ground ball to fly balls, very similar. Wade Miley with a 291 Babbitt, Flexen with a 261 Babbitt. All right. Fly ball, similar. Ground ball, percent. Line drive. Line drive, Wade Miley giving up a 21.4. That's a little bit high there. Only to Flexen's 12.2. Um, pulse, center, and oppo hit against. Similar. Same with soft, medium, hard percent. I, You know, ultimately... I'm not really sure. So you know what, Savant, what do you got for me? I can't make a decision yet. Is there anything else that you could help me explain? Xwoba, Xobp, Xslugging. These are all too similar, Savant. Since June first, already had it filtered. Man. I don't know what to, I, I got to make a decision. I'm so bad at about being indecisive. Make a decision, JT. Oh, I think I lean Miley. Better fastball, still solid slider. Flexman's got the better slider. But uh, in terms of Flexman's got the curveball and the changeup though. But I, I don't know, 2021. What is the pitch values flush out? Yeah, just kind of what I was saying there. Wow, it's a really good slider. Um, fastball velocity. Miley's just not pumping it. Okay, final answer. Chris Flexen. Get my Triflex on. Go with the hometown, home team. And... Um, I think ultimately they're very, very similar. So obviously uh, Miley might be out there. Flexen's been doing pretty well recently. He's probably gobbled up in 12 team and definitely in a deep 15. He's probably already is. Miley might still be out there in terms of own percentage, but that was a lot closer than I thought. So well done me for setting that up. Going to move on to the last couple segments here. I'm going to, I always like to talk about the thing I thought about way too much while I was on the toilet this week. And no, I didn't fall in. But MLB All-Star Weekend, excited for that. But more specifically, Mariners fan, thinking about the draft, thinking about the prospects, thinking about just like their journey to get there, all very interesting and cool. Um, so I just wanted to say that the 2021 MLB draft starts the 11th of July, going through the 13th. Reminder, there's not as many rounds as there used to be. Um, as a Mariners fan, I'm looking for for what they, they're going to do. Definitely could use a college eligible type of hitter that could play third base because I don't see Kyle Seager lessen much longer as it is. Um, and so let me show the full list. I thought there was a UCLA. Yeah, Matt McLean is UCLA. I wouldn't mind um, Mariners first round drafting Matt McLean there. I think he kind of is getting slotted right around that. So that would be my pick or guess. So here on Fantasy Dad Pods, we always pick a dad bod player of the week. This dad bod player of the week has a new book coming out titled Till the End. Uh, it just came out July 6th. He's also launching an alcohol dependence education program, encouraging others to seek help. None other than CC Sabathia. That's right. Big old CC Sabathia is our dad bod player of the week. Well done. I'm really enjoying listening 
to him. Um, go go ahead and go seek him out on Twitter. Uh, been a good follow, definitely um, on the podcast he has or radio, I guess you would say. So he's at cc underscore sabathia, and um, just really really an interesting post career, and I, I really enjoy his takes and following along with with him they just had theo epstein on their radio podcast so uh, pretty pretty interesting i might have to go listen to that i'm just seeing that now didn't realize well thank you for joining us we appreciate you listening and here's some dad wisdom of the week before you go give credit take blame be both confident and humble that's my dad wisdom of the week um so that's it for me i'm jt take care be well and until next time we'll see you later